0: Good morning, my friends, and welcome to yet another installment. From high above all other puerile and pedantic forms of Wyoming mainstream media, this is Cowboy State Politics. I, of course, am your illustrious host, David Iverson, firmly ensconced behind the silver Cowboy State Politics microphone and broadcasting to you from the depths of the middle swamp in Wyoming's capital of Cheyenne. Cowboy State Politics is the most listened-to political program in the state of Wyoming. Documented to be almost always right 98.872% of the time. I can hardly wait for all the new numbers to come in. Considering the last two months that I've been down here in the swamp reporting on everything that's been happening down here, we ought to be pretty close to 99% of the time that we're right. Far better than any other Wyoming media source. I mean, honestly, though, it's the cow pie and the Pravda on the plat, so there really isn't any competition in that arena. But who's really counting anyway? Oh, that's right. I am. Oh, and speaking of counting, it's been 770 days since Representative Landon Brown agreed to an interview on Cowboy State Politics and then didn't show up. And by the way, I've ascertained why he won't come anywhere near cowboy state politics. It's because, as Tucker Carlson says, we are the sworn enemy of lying, pomposity, smugness, and groupthink. All of which Landon Brown is a fan of. And if there's anybody who is the very definition of smug pomposity, it is Landon Brown. Two days ago, his Liz Cheney loving feelers got hurt, and he tweeted this. Quote, maybe Harriet Hegeman should stay in her lane. If she wants to have a say in our legislative body, maybe she should run for that office. Otherwise, bug off. He was responding to something the cow pie said. That one was U.S. Representative Harriet Hegeman urged Wyoming House Speaker Albert Somers to take action on bills addressing gender identity, gender surgeries and school vouchers. Harriet said this is about protecting our children. Landon Brown and his redcoat buddies are not about to vote for anything that steps on the toes of the LGBTQ and Wyoming Education Association agenda, because most of them get a lot of their campaign funding from them. Some of the responses to Landon Brown's tweet are absolutely hilarious. Some guy named Robbie Starbucks said, and I quote, Yeah, How dare she have the gall to ask the Wyoming legislature to protect kids by making sex changes, hormones, and puberty blockers illegal for minors? Does she think she lives there and gets a say or something? Glad you set her straight that citizens shouldn't speak up. You're a clown. Now, I don't know if Harriet actually lives in Landon's district, but she does live in Cheyenne, which kind of means that Landon sort of represents her. Sorry about that, Harriet. There's nothing I can do to help you on that one. What was I thinking? Of course there's something that I can do. I own this program. Hey, Landon, why don't you do us all a favor and just not show up for work for, I don't know, the next four years? Probably the best response to Landon Brown's ill-advised tweet comes from Harriet herself, and I quote, Oh, Landon, your lane should be what your constituents want, but thanks again for being a living argument for allowing only Republicans to vote in Republican primaries. End quote. Boom. In any case, you should go look at all the replies to his dumb tweet. There's a whole bunch of funny ones in there. We begin this morning with a bit of an explanation as to why I thought it necessary to come down here and wade into the Wyoming swamp for the last two months. Now, of course, we could say that one of the only good things that came out of the scandemic was that all of Wyoming legislative meetings are now on YouTube so that everybody can watch them. The problem, of course, is where they have positioned the microphones in the room. They only pick up what is spoken into them, and they don't pick up any of the ambient noise or conversations or anything like that. That is one of the big reasons why I came down here, so I could see all of this stuff happening for myself and hear exactly what's going on, and then, of course, report it to you, because I know that all of you are way too busy to be paying attention to all of this stuff, and you need somebody down here to tell you what's going on. So I've prepared a couple of comparisons for you, and we'll do that next. But first, this segment of the program is sponsored by New Trend Hats. They have a wide selection of hats for both men and women. And since it's still winter in Wyoming, you might want to think about keeping those ears of yours nice and toasty warm. So go to their website, newtrendhats.com, and you'll be sure to find you something there to put on your head. All right. As you might have imagined, there's a whole bunch of stuff that happens in the Wyoming legislature that none of you are privy to, unless, of course, you're sitting in the gallery with me. Now, you can watch the legislative happenings on YouTube, but the only thing that you can hear is exactly what they're saying into the microphone. And Lord knows, none of those red coats down there on the floor want you to hear exactly what's going on. Because if you did, you'd probably hop in your truck and you'd be in Cheyenne in four and a half hours sitting in the gallery watching their every move, like I do. So this first soundbite is Representative Pepper Ottman speaking on Senate Joint Resolution 3 about all the property taxes. And then something happens in the middle, and you hear Albert Somers reply to it. Here it is.
1: Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Um, first off, I just want to say I am definitely... Definitely not against uh, tax relief. I, in fact, I could use it myself, as I'm sure um, most of us could. But what does concern me is the way in which this is being done. First off, the catch titles being changed. Is that the way to go? Secondly, we do have a study that we really want to have on acquisition price, which I spoke to the assessor a year and a half ago about that and she said i don't think that we can do that but now she's she's talking that that may well be the way because it's based on Point value order,
2: your honor it, i'm sorry but again it's it sh- this is supposed to be on
3: the amendment
1: thank you okay
3: the amendment
1: is changing this when you're done i'll continue are you done hey None of that, none of that back and forth on this floor, none of it.
0: So what happened right there in the middle is Ember Oakley called a point of order asking Representative Ottman to stick to the amendment. You remember Ember Oakley, don't you? She's from Fremont County and votes with the Democrats 79% of the time. Yeah, red coat. Well, here's the part of it that you didn't hear, that didn't come through on the microphone and nobody watching on YouTube got to hear either. I'll just play the pertinent part for you.
1: Because it's based on value. Yeah, I'm sorry, but again, it, it, this is supposed to be on the Thank you. Okay. The amendment is changing like this. When you're done, I'll continue. Done you done know, Hey, none of that, none of
2: that back and forth on the school. None
0: Oh, so much for civility, huh? Now, what you heard Ember Oakley say, though it was a little bit garbled in the audio, is you don't tell me what to do. What's been happening here and what the Wyoming media refuses to report, even though they sit in the gallery not that far from me and they watch it all happen each and every day, is really only the conservatives are held to any of this civility and decorum stuff. The Redcoats can do and say anything they want, and it's only when leadership absolutely has to step in that they do anything about it. Case in point, right now, as I record this broadcast for you, there are multiple ethics complaints sitting on the desk of Representative Speaker of the House Albert Somers concerning Cyrus Western. Have you heard anything about them? No, neither have I. That's because they're trying not to do anything about it. Then there was the case of Representative Art Washett threatening Mark Jennings with his committee assignment. Did Albert Somers do anything about that? No. There's another complaint against Representative Cyrus Western that was lodged by one of the female members of the Freedom Caucus. Have we heard anything about that? No. And you probably won't, because it's not about governing for Albert Somers and his redcoats. It's not about governing at all. It's not about doing what we sent them there to do. It's about protecting their political position and moving their ideological agenda forward. Allow me to illustrate. And this one also happened yesterday. In this soundbite, Tom Walters is sitting in the speaker's chair managing the floor Steve Harshman had moved an amendment to add something about assessment to a school choice bill. The amendment didn't have anything to do with the bill, and so a point of order was called, and the Rules Committee was asked to weigh in on it. I don't really need to explain what's going to happen in the soundbite. You'll get it. And on a side note, this is also a really good example of not being able to hear exactly what happens on the floor from the YouTube video. Here it is. All
4: right, come back to order, folks. Uh, the Rules Committee has met. I'm going to rule that this amendment is germane, and let the, uh, the good chairman continue. Yes, thank you, Mr. Chairman.
3: Yes, Chair. Representative Ward. I challenge your ruling. Thank you.
4: So with that, the this Works members you are voting to, the, the motion here is the challenge, to the ruling of the chair, the chairman ruled that this is in order. So with that, all those in favor, signify by, we're just going to have you start with a standing vote, so all those in favor, please stand. Whoa, whoa, whoa,
0: whoa. it's debatable.
4: Mr. Mr. Speaker, is Representative Stoddard, isn't this a debatable motion? It is debatable. Thank you, sir. Is there anything to Representative Heiner. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Could you tell us the results of the Rules Committee, what was the vote? Thank you, Mr. Chairman. The Rules Committee is advisory in nature of the Chairman, but the Rules Committee felt it was at about uh, 10 to three, I believe, was the vote. <laughs> 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 Representative Heiner. 10 to three, I'm three to ten. <laughs> Any further debate? Question. Question not been called on motion. Again. No, point of order. Point of
0: order. Representative <coughs> Harrelson. Thank you very much, Mr. Uh, Chairman. So, the question that we're asking is the Rules Committee did it uh, vote? in favor of what you have stated as the chair. Was it 10-3 to your statement as the chair that this is germane, or was it 10-3 against the chair? That's the question that we're asking.
4: The ruling, the rules committee at, at, advice was three in favor of the amendment being germane, and it's 10 against it being
2: germane.
4: Again, the rules committee is has, has advice, and the chairman makes the final call. The chairman has made the call that it is to rain. The motion has been made to object to that ruling, and we are now open on that vote. And so the motion is to object to the ruling of the chair. It is debatable. Is there any further debate on the motion to object to the ruling of the chair? Seeing no further debate, question having been called, All those in favor, please stand. We are voting on the current motion is to object to the chair. I vote means you support the objection. And no vote means you don't support the objection. Everyone clear? We've done this several times. All those in favor, please stand. You may be seated. On nose, please stand. You may be seated. The objection has been sustained by a vote of Chairman Harshman, I think you uh, probably
0: have a. An Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Tom Walters is a jerk. The Rules Committee ruled 10-3 that the amendment didn't have anything to do with the bill. He decided all by himself that it did. He then tried to prevent debate on a clearly debatable motion. When he was pushed, he tried to conceal the results of the Rules Committee vote. Had it been a conservative sitting in that chair, well, first of all, if it was a conservative sitting in that chair, we wouldn't have tried to do all of this underhanded stuff. But let's say that it was. It would have been front-page news in the Cow Pie and the Red Star this morning. But because it was Tom Walters, one of the Redcoats, not a word of it was said. Did Tom Walters get a reprimand for what he tried to do? No, 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 no. That would never happen with Speaker of the House, Albert Somers. You see, my friends, just about everything that is happening in the House of Representatives is lawless. They'll bend the rules to their own design. They'll break the ones that they can. And if there's any way that they can marginalize a conservative, they'll do it because they know that there's a good chance none of them will be held accountable. This goes for Cyrus Western. Art Washit, Tom Walters, Albert Somers, Ember Oakley, and the rest of them. And if you're wondering Johnson County, Representative Barry Crego is right there in the middle of them. There are very few votes that he is not in lockstep with all of the redcoats. Oh, and the Democrats. Did I mention that he votes with them over 80% of the time? Really, that's not unique. Everybody except the conservatives votes with the Democrats an average of 80% of the time. And the Wyoming media lets them get away with it. If you go to CowboyStatePolitics.com on the show content page, I've posted for you the legislative rankings. You can see exactly where your representative and senator lines up. And as far as the House of Representatives go, it's not a pretty picture. There are Republican conservatives, and then there are Democrats. Despite what the Wyoming media tells you, there are no moderates. But there is some good news this morning, my friends. We were able to defeat Senate Joint Resolution 11, the Convention of States, by a whopping two-thirds majority. After the break, I'll give you some of the highlights from that debate. But now, some completely outrageous and entirely self-serving (laughs) self-aggrandizement. Cowboy State Politics is brought to you by Morton Buildings. It's still winter, and all of your toys may still be covered up with snow. And I hate to break it to you, it's probably going to happen again. Now, the way that you could have prevented all of this misfortune is to call my friends Nick and Jesse at Morton Buildings. Their phone number is 307-674-2532. They're the experts in metal building construction. They've been doing it longer than anybody else around, and they definitely do it much better than anybody else around. So it doesn't really matter what type of structure you need to put all of your summertime toys in, be it a barn or a garage, or maybe you want a roping arena, or you need a giant warehouse for your business. Give Nick and Jesse a call. Again, their phone number is 307-674-2532. Or you can check them out on their website at MortonBuildings.com. Gunrunner Auctions is one of the nation's leading online auction houses, and they're celebrating their 24th year. Scott Weber, the owner, has been into firearms for his entire life. Well, almost his entire life. But ever since he could hold up a rifle, he's been in to find firearms. They specialize in estate firearms. The first thing Scott does is he goes to the estate and appraises the firearms for the heirs. He then takes them to his Cody auction facility where he and his team research them, sometimes getting letters from the Cody Museum on each firearm's history. Every month, beginning on the 7th, they post 500 fine firearms for sale. All of them start at 20 bucks, and there's no reserve on any of them. They've sold the personal collections of Elvis Presley, Steve McQueen, Herb Parsons, just to name a few. They also have a wide variety of ammunition that's hard to find in other places. So, whether you're looking for a firearm or ammunition or maybe some firearms accessories, go to GunrunnerAuctions.com. If you're looking for somewhere to advertise your business, Cowboy State Politics has a number of advertising opportunities available. You're not going to find a more loyal audience than the one we have right here. And you're not going to find more reasonable advertising rates than on my program. So if you're looking for an audience for your message, you should definitely send me an email. The address is david at cowboystatepolitics.com. I'd love to get that conversation started with you. And now, back to our program. It's true that there are a lot of gloomy things that are happening in our state capitol. But there's also some really good things, and one of them happened on Monday evening. Senate Joint Resolution 11, the Convention of States, was dealt a decisive blow. Well, actually, it was a smackdown of epic proportions. Not only did I get to tell Mark Meckler to his face, well, actually, my face was to the committee, but he was sitting behind me both times, but I got to call him a liar. Artfully, of course. Twice, of course. Both committees were manned by mostly redcoats, so they passed the resolution and sent it to the floor. But it was the House of Representatives that delivered the final blow to that dumb resolution. And they left no doubt in anybody's mind about what their will was. Here was the vote.
3: Question, having been called, all those in favor of Chairman Marshman's motion that when the committee whole rises to report, it do so with the recommendation that... Senate Joint Resolution 11 do pass. All those in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed, no. No. Senate Joint Resolution 11 has failed Committee of the Whole. 21
1: aye, 41
3: no. Pursuant to House Rule 6-6B, Senate Joint Resolution 11 uh,
0: Having failed the roll call vote is indefinitely postponed. Boom. Now, the only unfortunate part of this whole thing is that Mark Meckler was not in attendance to see his resolution go down in flames. However, the gallery was full of a whole bunch of people wearing those white Convention of States buttons that were not very happy when they all filed out of the gallery. During the debate on the floor a number of representatives got up and gave impassioned arguments as to why the Convention of States is such a profoundly dangerous idea. I have to tell you, it did my heart good listening to them. Here's what Representative Ken Pendergraft had to say.
2: Thank you, Madam Chair. On and against, we talked about countermeasures to counter federal overreach. There are a number of ideas out there, a number of different things that we can do simply within the framework of the Constitution. We need simply make that work, and we can do that. But I want to mention that once once this convention begins, there's no going back. The very first thing that these delegates would do to that convention is to make rules. And yeah, we, we go into this with the idea that WE HAVE ALL these IDEAS ABOUT WHAT IT'S GOING TO BE. AND SOME OF THEM ARE GOOD IDEAS. I MEAN, A a BALANCED BUDGET IS AN EXCELLENT IDEA, IT'S MANDATED HERE IN WYOMING. TERM LIMITS IS debatable, BUT I UNDERSTAND THE SENTIMENT BEHIND the, THE PRESSURE TO DO SO. THIS IS NOT THE RIGHT COUNTERMEASURE, THOUGH. AS I SAID, ONCE THAT CONVENTION BEGINS, IT'S NOT GOING TO BE UNDONE, IT'S NOT GOING TO BE STOPPED. THERE ARE NO PREDETERMINED RULES. We have concepts, but just like the very first thing that we did when we convened here as the 67th legislature, we adopted the rules. One rule that's been suggested is one state, one vote. How far do you think that rule would go in a popular vote among 50 states, including states on the far left coast, et cetera, et cetera? This is an extremely dangerous precedent. We can't go back from this. We haven't even tried seriously to fix those things that ail us within the framework of the Constitution, Um, on and against, adamantly against.
0: The Convention of States is an uncharacteristically nonpartisan resolution most of the time. There are people on both sides of the aisle that think that this is a terrible idea because it poses just as big a risk to the Democrats as it does to Republicans. It poses a risk to all Americans. Now, Clark Stith is a lawyer, and he's also a redcoat, but he understands the Constitution, even though sometimes he tries to get around it. Here's what he had to say.
3: Speaker pro Tim
5: Stith. Madam Chairman, I think the representatives from Districts 12, 29, and 57 have it exactly right, on and against Senate Joint Resolution 11, for a couple of reasons. I think it's worth taking a look and reading slowly through Article 5 of the United States Constitution. The first thing that it says is that the Congress shall propose amendments to this Constitution on the, or on the application of the legislatures of two-thirds of the several states shall call a convention for proposing amendments. So once the legislature passes this resolution, once we do this, our role is over. We've made the application. It's up to Congress then to call a convention. And there's nothing in Article 5 of the U.S. Constitution that says Wyoming delegates have to attend. It just says a convention. We can go there and pound our fists and beat our shoe on the table and say we don't like what's going on. And if our delegates misbehave, we can Recall them, but that doesn't stop the convention. Once we pull the trigger and apply for it, and if three-fourths of the states do, or two-thirds of the states do, then it's done. And then now you've got a convention, and there truly is no rule to control it. The only thing that a convention cannot do, there's only two things in the U.S. Constitution that a convention of states cannot do, and they're listed right in Article 5 of the U.S. Constitution. And those two things are... You can't ban the importation of slaves before the year 1808, okay? You can't do that, and the other thing you can't do is to deprive any state of its equal suffrage in the Senate. So the only thing this convention, if called, cannot do is take away our our two senators. After that, it doesn't matter what kooky rules we make up, we can make up all the rules we want to about how our delegates are supposed to behave, but it won't matter. So this is very dangerous. I love our Constitution. I love my Second Amendment rights. I don't want to see them dealt away at a convention of the states. The right not to testify against myself, that's important. The right not to have unreasonable search and seizures, that's important. The right to, uh, the right to counsel. All of these rights that we cherish in our Constitution, all of them are at risk once you call a Convention of States. So, on and against.
0: An excellent argument. And it's right there in Article 5. All people have to do is read it. Here's Representative Clarence Stivar from Cheyenne.
5: Thank you, Madam Chairman. On and against, if you look at the Constitution, there's only a little paragraph under Article 5. There's no rules. We gotta remember, uh, James Madison warned that those who secretly wish to get rid of our Constitution should push for a convention under the pretext of getting amendments. Think about that, guys.
0: On and against. And finally, Casper Representative Jeanette Ward. Yet another excellent argument.
3: Thank you, Madam Chairwoman. On and against this joint resolution, supporters of the resolution are under the misconception that a convention could be limited to specific issues. That is incorrect. One of our founding fathers, whose initials are JM, refused to call for a second convention to incorporate the Bill of Rights. He said, absolutely not. It would be too risky to reconvene. He correctly perceived that another convention would open a can of worms. He insisted the Bill of Rights be added to the Constitution in appendix format. 1988, Chief Justice of the Supreme Court agreed when he said, there is no way to effectively limit or muzzle the articles of a constitutional convention. The convention could make its own rules and set its own agenda. Congress might try to limit the convention to one amendment or one issue, but there is no way to assure the convention would obey. A constitutional convention would shake the very foundation of of our representative republic. While conservative states would likely use a convention to try to reduce federal authority, liberal states would almost certainly use it to go after the Second Amendment and the Electoral College, and convention the state should be avoided at all costs. If Wyoming legislators would like to change the Constitution, we could do it one amendment at a time, on and against.
0: There were other representatives that made equally as impressive arguments as the ones I played for you. Perhaps we'll get to those at some other time. But thankfully, the Convention of States Resolution, Senate Joint Resolution 11, was defeated 41 to 21. The Constitution is safe for another year, at least as far as the great state of Wyoming is concerned. Well, that'll about do it for today's installment of the program. Don't forget about the Thursday live episode that we're finally going to get to broadcast tomorrow, beginning at 10 a.m. Now, if you're tired of the Wyoming media and you're sick to death of them lying to you, then you should check out the Wyoming News Chronicle. They focus on these things called facts and verified sources, something that the mainstream Wyoming media is not familiar with. Go to the website, wyomingnewschronicle.com. From the depths of the Middle Swamp in Wyoming's capital of Cheyenne, I'm David Iverson, and this is the one and only Cowboy State Politics.